Welcome to the Canned Heat Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, as the nice lady who happens to be my wife told you at the intro there, this is the Canned Heat Podcast. As always, I am your host, the freshly squeezed Orange Zackety, and I would like to personally welcome you to episode number six. That's right, I'm talking to you, you that's tuning in, you that's listening. I appreciate you so much. Couldn't be doing this without you. Uh, the, The fan base seems to be increasing every week. I'm super thankful for that. As always, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. You follow me on the Twitter machine, Canned Heat Pod. Instagram is Canned Heat Podcast. And as always, the Canned Heat Pod line is 513-580-7273. Please wear that number out. Wear my producer, Lucy Fishwall, out. She loves it. She loves hearing from you guys. She texts me all the time and says it brightens her day. And there's a lot of funny content on there. She passes some good notes along to me. Uh, You might have noticed last week's episode was a little bit different. I didn't just give you recap, recap, recap. Kind of just wanted to change it up a little bit and give my opinions on the show. High points, low points, things like that. Because, as you all know, you're here to hear my opinions. Um, So I appreciate folks for giving me that note. Uh, I think last episode went really well. I really enjoyed doing it, and I've gotten some good feedback as well. Again, that number to call is 513-580-7273. CanHeatPodcast.com has all the information everywhere you want to listen, which you're listening now, so that's great. Again, thank you for that. Make sure you share with your friends. Um, And also uh, links to the social medias, as I gave you earlier. So that's just one nice, neat place to find everything. Um, Again, thank you so much for the uh, words about last week. I had a lot of fun. I'm going to continue to do that this way later on in the episode i'm going to bring you an interview with the rising star billy starks of big starks brand she calls herself the mellow of big starks brand uh, we chatted for a good 20 25 minutes had a lot of fun things to talk about she's really a rising star like i said pro wrestling illustrated just gave her a shout out that was really cool to see uh, and it's easy to see why she's young she's hungry and she uh, you know she's just wise beyond her years so far so a really good conversation with her that we'll get on uh, into later in this episode so without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's just get right into this week We're going to go ahead and start this week off with the Hard to Kill pay-per-view, though I know it was last Saturday. Um, I recorded last week's episode before Hard to Kill, so I knew I was going to throw it on this episode as I promised last week. Uh, There was not as much to digest as I would have liked. I really loved the Deanna Peraza-Taya Valkyrie match. I love Deanna Peraza as the champion. I think she's got the whole package. She's got the look. She gets better and better in the ring every single week, and I I love her on the mic. I love her storyline. She's fresh. Um, and I just love seeing her in impact and love seeing her have this opportunity with the title. Brian Myers actually put on a really good show with Josh Alexander on the pre-show. Uh, actually was better than some of the matches on the main card, believe it or not. Speaking of which, I was really disappointed with the Kira Hogan, Tasha Steeles, uh, Jessica Havoc, and Nevaeh match. I thought that that match being 
the return of the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship should have gotten longer, should have gotten more of a spotlight, and should have had a better storyline bringing it around. It was actually the shortest match on the card, and to me, that's not a way to elevate a new title. I thought the storytelling was subpar. I thought the the tournament itself could have been executed a little bit better. We saw great teams like Team C Stars, which you know, obviously they're not Impact mainstays, but you know, they went out early and they were you know the most natural tag team in this tournament. So a lot of tag teams thrown together. Uh, this was not, again, not my favorite match, and I really, really am disappointed to say that. I really, really came into this match with high hopes and high expectations. Uh, speaking of matches, though, that went above my expectations, the Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan and the Barbed Wire Massacre match was just uh, phenomenally brutal. I'm a huge fan of that style of wrestling. I love that it's not overused. I think, you know, we can become desensitized by seeing so much gore and so much hardcore action, which, you know, there's a lot of people that are fans of that. That's why there's definitely a market for that. But for me, I think it's great to settle like blood feuds that way. And these guys put on a hellacious match. Hats off to them. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers putting on an actually a awesome six-man tag match with uh, Rich Swan, uh, Moose, who was substituted into this match, and Chris Sabin. Um, this was a really good match. Of course, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers go back a long way. The other three men on the opposite side are all good performers, but this match had a lot of time to breathe. It was really good action. Of course, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers going over. It rounded off, you know, an above-average hard-to-kill. I would struggle to say that it was great by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but a pretty good pay-per-view, no less. Um, I'm excited to see what Deanna Perrazzo, again, you know, what the future holds for her. I hope that they can elevate these Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. You know, it's something that AEW struggles with as well, you know, elevating their own women's division. So WWE seems to be doing that right, and I just hope that one of these com- competitors can, you know, up their game on the women's side. Other than that, you know, WWE just kind of uh, runs that show. So let's see some more elevation of the women here. Give them time to have good matches. You know, just just commit commit to it. That's all we're asking. So again, uh, you know, pretty above average, hard to kill, but not in the realms of great by any means. Freshly squeezed. And of course, moving to our regularly scheduled program is episode 1,443 of Monday Night Raw, which aired on Monday, January 18th. Um, there were some cool events of Raw, some not cool events of Raw. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Peyton Royce actually putting some time into a match. Uh, Peyton Royce taking advantage of the distraction, of course, you know, getting some good offense in on Charlotte Flair. But of course, succumbing to the Queen like most people do. Mace, just, I hate this storyline with Retribution. They just have not committed to it. It's really, really bothersome, and I wish they would. And the latest casualty of this has been Xavier Woods. It's, you know, this guy is is way too good of a performer to be involved in this crappy storyline. There's, you know, some weird continuity on Raw right now. The whole, like, AJ Styles storyline, you know, saw him beating Ricochet this week. I'm not really sure what they're doing with him. You know, making him the standard bearer of folks that are trying to earn their way into the Royal Rumble. Um, I, you know, I thought AJ Styles' debut of WWE at the Royal Rumble was one of the greatest debuts in my lifetime. Um, but does that mean he should be the standard bearer for who can or can't uh, be in the Royal Rumble? I don't think so. Um, I do like the Hurt Business. I, I think they're doing great things week in and week out. They've got a really dynamic storyline going right now as far as having a lot of gold between the group, but always you know, teasing some sort of dissension between the, the members of the group and MVP doing what he can to keep that group together. I love the storyline. 
Um, the Alexa Bliss storyline, you know, turning further and further to that perceived sister Abigail character is great. She beats Asuka, actually, which super surprised me. But you kind of forget that Alexa Bliss is a decorated women's champion. She has not had the belt in a long time. She's actually not been a regular regular singles competitor in a long time you know she battled injury you know was in a tag team storyline with nikki cross you know you just kind of forget that she has a lot of accolades as a singles competitor so you know going over on oscar here was a really to me was the right call even though i love oscar she's my favorite women's performer i love this alexa bliss sister abigail storyline with the fiend you know doing the whole turning into this demented character part of the way through the match you know WWE wisely utilizing the fact that they're not live to do some cool video editing stuff where she turns back into her playful Alexa Bliss character. It's just really cool storytelling. Um, what's not really cool storytelling is Jackson Riker. For the love of God, get this dude off of my screen. I I, I flip it off every time he's on. I just I don't want to see people like that on my screen. Uh, there's no room you know, for hatred, you know, so I, I've given him too much time already. I just, I wish he was off my screen. That's all I got to say about that. Fairly uneventful raw. No, you know, no titles defended or anything like that. So again, you know, kind of building up to Royal Rumble. I don't think we can expect to see too much hoopla. You know, there was a really funny segment where they brought out my boy Gilberg. Um, I've been talking about Gilberg. Sorry about that alarm. I'm not going to edit that out because this is real life. But uh, Gilberg showing up after, you know, Miz and Morrison are teasing Goldberg. Hilarious, hilarious to see him out there. I know he's been struggling recently with some medical stuff. So hopefully he earned a nice little paycheck doing that. That made me happy to see they did, again, this really funny thing between what was supposed to be, you know, first supposed to be Goldberg. It ends up being Gilberg. Supposedly, Drew McIntyre is coming back. It's another body double who's playing a smaller version of uh, Drew McIntyre. So, you know, not really that funny, but I was really happy to see Gilbert because I just love Gilbert. But uh, again, a rather uneventful Raw uh, to get started for the week. Freshly squeezed. Moving on to Impact for the week. It was kind of an uneventful Impact. There was some good stuff out of the ring, actually. It seems like they're riding Ty of Valkyrie out of Impact. The police came and got her as part of... Uh, Part of the, you know, who shot who storyline. So, again, Taya being taken away. There's a lot of reported interest from WWE and AEW for her. So, we will see where she ends up. Uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party crashing the Impact Party, actually. Really, really cool to see AEW kind of returning the favor here. They set themselves up for a match later on in the night against Chris Saban. And the returning James Storm. God, it's great to see James Storm as well. Um, that match later on in the evening would be to determine who becomes the number one contenders for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Um which is currently held by the Good Brothers, as we all know. Private Party coming through and picking up the win, becoming the number one contenders. So how does that feel, Impact, having the AEW guys as the number one contenders for the Impact World Tag Team Championships, which indicates to me that this invasion angle is not going anywhere anytime soon. And to me, I love it. It's not the same as the WCW, WWE, Impact or I'm sorry, uh, invasion angle that was just so contrived because it was already well known that Vince McMahon had owned WCW by that time. So, you know, it was cool in concept. A lot of guys didn't know what the hell was going on. There's been a lot of fun documentaries about that, but it wasn't executed 
perfectly. It was a big miss for them. So I really like the fact that two companies that are not owned by the same person are doing an invasion angle. I think it's really cool, and I, I can't wait to see what happens from there. Uh, outside of the whole private party thing, you know, becoming the number one contenders, there's a fun little spot between uh, Raju and TJP. You know, kind of, you know, Raju bitching about that he's, you know, that TJP is the X Division champion, et cetera, et cetera. They get set up for a match in two weeks, which he thinks is going to be for the X Division championship. And it turns out we find out later on that it's not going to be. And I'm sure that's going to piss him off. And it sounds like TJP has got his uh, next storyline, or I guess the kind of, you know, continuation of a storyline as they have been kind of playing hot potato with the belt. Lately, uh, Brian Myers actually picks up a win over Falaba. I really, really dislike this lot. Falaba actually dominated this match and deserved to win this match. But they're really, you know, building up Brian Myers as a professional wrestler. And we're going to see him in action again uh, next week. So we will, he will get to put that professional wrestler uh, moniker up against Eddie Edwards, which is going to be a ass kicking in my opinion for brian myers so we'll see if he can come out of that other than that fairly uneventful episode of impact you know kind of coming down off the hard to kill pay-per-view we'll see what the storylines provide we'll see who steps up for diana peraza's title we'll see who steps up to uh, uh rich swan he did have a fun interaction with moose where they kind of got into it moose saying you know it's his time to get his title opportunity but he's going to be the one that calls the shot on when that's going to be i'm excited for that match i like moose i hate that he's got a deep you know a championship that means nothing around his waist hopefully this is an excuse to combine the belts and uh, only have won the impact world heavyweight championship so uh i actually again there was an uneventful episode of impact i think they got some cool cool storylines brewing Definitely interested to see what the next few months has to has to offer from Impact. Freshly squeezed. That brings us to Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for our Wednesday Night Wars. As always, we will get started with NXT. We continued our Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament, and we also started our Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic Tournament. We had a bunch of first-round action. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and just give you the recap of those. Kushida and Leon Ruff surprising the way. This whole the way faction for Johnny Gargano has not gone well since he started it. They've picked up a lot of losses, um, and I, I just don't know where they're going with this. Speaking of losses and the whole Johnny Gargano, we can't think of Gargano without Ciampa, who actually gets beat by Timothy Thatcher in this fight pit match, which was a pretty cool match concept that didn't deliver quite to what I expected, especially from Tommaso Ciampa. I thought it was a really good match, but I always just expect more from Ciampa. So Ciampa and Gargano both picking up losses this week. Um, Karrion Cross is always great to see him back on screen. He defeats Ashante Adonis in this. Again, I love Lucha House Party. I love Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado, though I don't really believe them as viable threats or credible threats to any tag team belts. They do go over Imperium here. It was Eichner and Barthel in for Imperium, and they just seem to have lost most momentum that they had. I, I don't get the whole not getting behind Imperium thing. I wish they would have gotten behind Imperium on the whole, the way they got behind Undisputed Era. You know, Walter's a huge hit here. I I would love to see more Walter on NXT television. Uh, but moving on to the women's side, we had Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter actually beating Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Another upset. I love Tony Storm. She's another uh, NXT UK cat. She is awesome. I love seeing her. I think she's got main event star written all over. She's spunky. She's got an awesome look, and she's 
awesome in the ring. Um, you know, it was it was pretty match heavy for NXT. There were definitely some upsets. Um, you know, I don't think any match stood out to me as like a barn burner of a match. Uh, but you know, a pretty solid episode of NXT. Freshly squeezed. Continuing our Wednesday Night Wars, as always, is AEW Dynamite. One of the joys I get in being a podcaster and not being affiliated with any one brand is to just call it how I see it. Like I'm going to tell you if something's worth watching, if it's not worth watching, if I liked it, if I hated it, whatever the case may be. I like general discussion and general conversation. I've always been a huge supporter of AEW and they will always have my support. And I think they put on a fantastic product. But I must say that this week's Dynamite is one of the weakest dynamites in recent memory for me uh the whole hangman page and dark order you know that match was super 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 rushed you know he turned down dark order you know they had this really awkward celebration plan where you know he said yes kind of like a marriage proposal thing which i thought was hilarious i understand why he's saying no i do think the hangman to the dark order is still going to happen at some point maybe i'm wrong uh, you know maybe it's just me being hopeful because you know we're all in this big dark order high uh, of course, with the pa- unfortunate passing of John Huber, it's kind of thrust Dark Order into the spotlight as a face act. I've talked about that on 100% Elite Podcast with Jeff Englert the other week. And that was, uh, you know, really interesting to discuss. And we had kind of agreed that there's no way Dark Order is going to be a heel act from now. So we'll see where that goes. It was just kind of a really rushed match, uh, very anticlimactic. A lot of this was anticlimactic. Cody, you know, getting distracted by Jade Cargill and you know, he really let Peter Avalon had a lot of time, which I was really stoked about, but it's just not believable. It's not what Cody's character is supposed to be. That's not who he's supposed to be as a wrestler, but I guess anybody can get caught off on any given day. And that's what that's supposed to say. You know, don't take your eye off the prize. Um, I hated Penelope Ford going over legit Layla Hirsch. And a lot of people like Penelope Ford, but I think Layla Hirsch is just a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. She needs to get her due on dynamite and pick, start picking up some more wins. Um, you know, the the main event was really intriguing and really interesting. Of course, as expected, Jericho and MJF going over. There's really starting to see, there's really starting to be some cracks in, well, not starting to be. There's always been cracks in the inner circle, especially with the addition of MJF and Wardlow. But you can kind of see how MJF is turning the inner circle, kind of starting to turn them against Jericho. Uh, so I think that's definitely where we're headed with this storyline. I think Jericho eventually will be ousted as the leader of the inner circle and Max will become the leader of the inner circle and Jericho. He, you know, he's always reinvented himself face, heel, heel face. It doesn't matter. Uh, The crowd loves him no matter what. I think it's, he needs to have a good face running AEW. I think his years, uh, as a main event performer on a consistent basis are not closing yet, but you know, we'll be closing sooner rather than later. I hope he uses anything like that as motivation to go as long as he can. But you know, we don't want to see AEW fall into the WWE tricks of keeping old ponies around for just too long. It's cool to have them around, but let's just not have them be taking spotlight or titles away from young, uh, you know, young performers who are on the up. You know, we got to make sure that we transition power to, you know, future stars, something again, WWE has a lot of problems with, uh, but that's pretty much it guys. There was some other stuff in this show. Um, the John, it was good to see John Moxley back in the wrestling ring. Uh, out of this episode, we also birthed a street fight between sting and Darby Allen against team Taz. I guess that's been signed on for, I can't remember if it was beach break or revolution. I think it was signed on for revolution and 
if we remember last year's revolution was a freaking banger in my opinion it was a pay-per-view of the year so we're officially going to see the stinger making his in-ring aew debut at aew revolution again other than that it was a fairly subpar episode of aew dynamite really disappointing i know they crushed nxt in the rankings again as they deserve to because their reputation shows that they are going to put on a banging show unfortunately i think nxt actually put on a better show this week than aew i hope you know, as a wrestling fan, I hope that they can both utilize, you know, the fuel from the other to put on better performances every single week. So, again, as us as fans should only be should only be reaping the the rewards from that. You know, we don't have to say, oh, we're only watching AEW or we're only watching WWE. There's a lot of or Impact or Ring of Honor or any independent show, whatever it may be. There's a lot of great content going around there so uh, these wednesday shows they seem to be bringing the best out of each other unfortunately this again was a subpar week for aew freshly squeezed and that of course brings us to friday night smackdown what to say about friday night smackdown from this week from january 22nd a lot of mixed emotions the uh, tag match between charlotte flair and oscar and the riot squad of course ended how we thought i don't understand billy k with the riot squad why the hell did we break up the Iconics? Why did we break up a real women's tag team? We have a, a tag team comprised of two women who have been enemies in Charlotte Flair and Asuka who have the tag belts. Before then, we had you know a team of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with the belts who aren't a real tag team. Why are we breaking up real women's tag teams? Only to have one of the members end up on another team that makes it a trio and she doesn't wrestle. It's like, what the hell are we doing with this storyline? Other than that, this was an embarrassing SmackDown, in my opinion. You know, all the matches, there was no match that went above three, you know, no match hit the four-minute mark other than that tag team match on this. I thought it was really disrespectful to the performers. Uh, you know, obviously, there was some advancement of storyline, and we have to count that as a victory. But why are we getting a match? If I'm looking at this match log, I've got a three-and-a-half-minute match, three minutes, 55 seconds, two minutes, 55 seconds, two minutes, and 20 seconds in the King Corbin and Dominic Mysterio match. It's like, why the hell are we putting Dominic Mysterio out there? The kid can't wrestle. I mean, he can wrestle, but he's he's not on the level of SmackDown. It's a slap in the face, and it's supremely disrespectful to the likes of your Alistair Blacks, to the likes of your Andrades, to the likes of all the guys at NXT who are clawing and scratching for time, to the Nakamoras of the world, to the Cesaros, even though he showed up earlier this week, you know, to the, the Sheamuses on SmackDown, to all these guys who just deserve screen time and are really good in the ring, you know, are <laughs> not getting their time. We had the likes of Dominic Mysterio, and we have Jackson uh, Riker, uh, you know, taking screen time. It's like, what the hell are we doing here, WWE? The one good thing, I saw Sasha Banks, you know, beating Reginald, uh, Keem Young, whatever you want to call him. I Again, I'm happy to see WWE put some intergender stuff on, but I really want to see a commitment to it. It's like, break the mold. Don't be afraid of it. You know, you are falling behind to AEW Dynamite. Obviously, SmackDown and Raw are rating better, but AEW Dynamite just continues to get stronger. They're going to make a real push for it. You want to set yourself apart because they're setting themselves apart. Commit to intergender on a mainstream level. I think that... I think the world is ready for it. They're ready to see it. You know, professional wrestling is what it is. It's an entertainment and it's a wrestling business. And I've spoken to many women on this podcast who have, have given their support, thrown their hat in to the ring proverbially of, you know, wanting intergender wrestling to become more mainstream. 
and it's just this is a nice first step. We've seen it before from WWE. Let's just carry out with that. Other than that, in my opinion, a pretty disgraceful episode of SmackDown. Uh, I, I disappointing to say the least. I think us as fans really need to do a better job of telling WWE that we're not going to take it. We're not going to commit our time to this bullshit shows with again matches that can't even go four minutes. I'm just, I'm just my hands are in the air about this. Uh, a, a terrible way to end the week in wrestling with SmackDown, unfortunately. Freshly squeezed. So that does it for this week in wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, as we just discussed. I've only got one bit of news that I think is relevant and that I'd like to talk about. It is the moving of the February 27th date for AEW Revolution. They have moved it to March 7th. They did not want to interfere with the Canelo Alvarez boxing match. That's that's wise. Why go head-to-head with any other pay-per-view? Speaking of which, they were going to move to March 6th, but that's for UFC 259. So they have opted for March the 7th. And why is that relevant, you may ask? This will be the first ever AEW pay-per-view on a Sunday, a very first uh, for AEW, also their first pay-per-view in the month of March, as Revolution took place in February last year as well. Revolution, as we all know, last year was a barn burner. An AEW pay-per-view, they always bring the heat, so let's hope this one's no different. As of now, we only have two confirmed matches. We have the Tag Team Battle Royal that will determine who will face the Young Bucks for the Tag Team titles at Revolution. And the aforementioned street fight that I discussed earlier between Sting and Darby Allin and Team Taz. So let's uh, we'll see how AEW Revolution shapes up. I'm sure we'll get an AEW World title match. I'm sure we'll get a women's title match. All that good stuff. Uh, should be an awesome pay-per-view like always, but I know what you're all here for. Enough of all that jibber-jabber. You're here for the one and only Billy Starks. I had a great conversation with her. We talked with her about what it's like to be a young performer utilizing today's social media as a way to promote promote herself uh, and just what that means and what that looks like for her and how she uses it to her advantage, which she does social media very well. I got to give her a shout out for that, of course. Uh, we talk about you know some of her influences. We play a fun little game of this or that. Uh, I tried to ask some fun questions and, and mix it up a little bit, so I hope you enjoy it. But without further ado, I know you're done listening to me talk. Let's just roll my interview with Billy Starks. Again, give it up to my girl, Lucy Fishwall, coming through with the audio, ma- trying to make it sound as great as possible during these remote days. So without further ado, I'm just going to roll it and stop talking. Freshly squeezed. All right, Canned Heat Podcast listeners, as promised. We have the young phenom, Space Yeezus, if you will, never lost, Billy Starks of the Big Starks brand. How are you, Billy? Thank you for coming on. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I uh, think you're a Midwest cat like me. I'm just up the river from you in Cincinnati, so it's always good to uh, talk to people who are relatively local in the scene. You know, I grew up with OVW, which is obviously a Louisville staple now, and hopefully you're enjoying that as much as I used to. Oh, I've loved wrestling in this area so much, but traveling out is more fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited to finally talk to you. I've, I've, you know, you're relatively new on the scene here. I think I was reading and I, and I watched what is quote unquote your first match. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe that was in 2018, correct? Yes. Awesome. So you're really young on the scene. Uh, you're a relatively newer wrestler, which is great. I've talked to some wrestlers uh, that have a lot of experience. So uh, I'm really interested to talk to you because you're, you're, you're a little bit younger than um, a lot of my past guests. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, how are you utilizing social media to your advantage as far as promotion is concerned? I think for a lot of old heads, uh, you know, social media obviously wasn't around when they were trying to gain exposure. So talk to me a little bit about how that's made it easier for you, maybe what some of the challenges are and, and, and how the fun you've had, how much fun you've had with it. 
I think social media, like, has given us a window to connect with so many more people of just, like, talking. And then when uh, someone posts a gift of me, I can share it. And then their people see it and someone else shares mine. Then, oh, this promoter somewhere in freaking Texas has seen my stuff and now wants me to go to Texas. I feel like that's just, like, given wrestlers access to a new platform to, like, show off. Basically, that's my, like, dumb way of saying it. The This is my show-off platform. That's what I take as social media. Yeah, certainly. You know, your dad, I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's a big a big basketball head, uh, which we'll get into later. Um, you know, and, and to me, that's kind of like game tape. You know, these kids going through high school trying to get, uh, you know, scholarships and things of that nature uh, in, in basketball and football. So, you know, they were always kind of utilizing social media to get their uh, get their tape out there. And it's really cool that it's found the wrestling scene and that you're taking full advantage of that. I actually commented to your dad that you use social media very well. So that's off to you on that one. Um, I was, you know, going through some of your old matches, I like to do some homework on folks uh, before I interview them. And you've got to wrestle with some pretty decent names, actually, in your short career. Uh, the three biggest that I was coming across were Kylie Ray, Shotzi Blackheart, and Kenzie Page. Uh, talk to me about sharing the ring with, you know, three competitors that have, you know, some good years and good matches under their belt. I think I've been very lucky to wrestle so many amazing women. And so early in my career, and I feel like they have let me grow as a wrestler very, very quickly. And a lot of those people, uh, like Shotzi, like, has become family. Uh, Sue has become family. Kylie is, like, one of my favorite people that I've met through wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure she is. I watched you, uh, you know, do the narration for The Girl Who Smiled Too Much. Uh, very touching. And you can see where a lot of your inspiration is derived from her, no? Yes, completely. Yeah. So, what was that? What was it like going one on one with her? I mean, did she? Did it feel natural? Did she kind of help you put the match together, or how did that go? So, a uh, little background to this match. Um, everybody knew about it before me, so I was still fired up about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Mikey ended up telling Mouse. Uh, Mouse told my mom. I don't get told about this until it is announced. <laughs> that's so funny. I was so not funny. the first one to see the Twitter post. That's so funny. That's so funny. But that's 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 awesome. What what was it like working with somebody that's you know worked with a bigger promotion so young in your, or so early on in your career? It was like one of those moments of like, oh, this is really happening. I'm getting opportunity, and this is my first. Was this my first non-pre-show match? Uh, I have the worst memory in the world. <laughs> Things all blend together, right? Yes, completely. And so. I was very, very excited for this match. And we also joke about it that this was like Mouse's dream match for me. Like I kept saying I wanted Kylie, but uh, in like in Mouse's head, he was like, "What girl do I want my kid to wrestle?" Oh, Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's amazing. Did she wrestle after you, or, was, or were you her last match? No, there was matches after that. Um, okay. So I believe her last match was her versus Josh Alexander at the Collective. I might be wrong about that, but I believe that it is. Well, you you probably know better than I will on that one. But that brings me to uh, that brings us right to a, a really 
good question I wanted to talk or ask you or talk to you about a little bit was uh, intergender wrestling. I see I've only found one match so far. I, I imagine that you've experienced that more than once. But what's that been like for you? I've brought on several females before you that love intergender wrestling, and we talked about the you know psychology of it, and we've talked about the imagery of it and the optics of it, and how I'm a huge fan of it. I'm a huge supporter. That's why I like bringing on intergender wrestlers. I think it's a, it's a cool thing. Is that something you want to do more of in the future? I would love to do more intergender wrestling. I've gotten to do a few matches, and all of which I've loved. Um, and I would love to continue doing it. Like, my first match back from quarantine was actually an intergender match versus Cole Radrick. And um, we wrestled one time before that. And it was just a little rough. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was, like, one of those matches where you're like, eh. And then we wrestled again, and it was one of the, like, one of my favorite times in the ring. It was just so much fun. Yeah, certainly. And I, you mentioned Mouse uh, and your mom. I know that they are, uh, they spend a lot of time with you uh, inside of the wrestling world. I think that's a pretty cool thing that you get to experience that with your family. Talk to me a little bit about what that's like. I, you know, talking to Mouse, I, you know, I would have assumed talking to Mouse before I, before I uh, knew him, uh, that he would have been photographing wrestling for a long time. But, you know, him sharing with me that it's something that it, he kind of just fell into. It's really cool that he fell into something that you're all so passionate about. So what's that like going with, uh, going through that with your family? Um, I love this so much. My mom's never been like a huge fan of wrestling. We've kind of like dragged her into it. She gets really excited about like the marketing side of wrestling. Like she enjoys the social media aspect, the gear. She used to call gear costumes and we all make fun of her, like <laughs> me and some people at the training school. Because what do you guys mean? It's costumes. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, that's hilarious. But Mouse started a, a company or a brand, if you will, called Big Starks Brand. It's something that you've bought into and you're a big part of, obviously. And and he gave me a little backstory about how that came up and his, his philosophy and his thought. But I want to kind of hear from you about it. Uh, what does Big Starks Brand mean to you? And how did you become the mellow of Big Starks Brand? Oh, because I'm the goat. End of story. I'm the goat. <laughs> That's the easiest but, uh, question you'll answer all day, right? Yes, easy, easy. Um, but Big Starks brand kind of happened because during the quarantine, I went through a little depression like I feel like most people did. And mm. this was like one of Mouse's ways of cheering me up. He was like, anybody mess with my mellow? Um, and then someone in the comments was like, ah, I think this is funny. I'm going to post this design. And then Mouse ran off with it. And I was like, you know what? This seems funny. I'll run off with it, too. <laughs> and it's just developed into what it is. And I feel like it has turned into this, like, thing that I get to share with all of my friends. Like, we've heard some funny things from people. They're like, can I join? Is it, like, a group? Do I have to do anything? <laughs> and we're like, no. You just, like, tweet out, uh, uh, I'm big, part of the Big Starks brand. And Mouse will retweet and say, welcome to the family. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So for all you podcast listeners, if you want to become a supporter and a part of the Big Starks brand, just tweet about it. Mouse will get with you. They got a lot of cool merch online you can go check out. Um, if you're the Mellow, is there a Zoe and a Jello? Oh, so I don't know if I'm allowed to assign people, <laughs> but like, I feel like my little brother would also, uh, I feel like he would, I don't know if I want to give him Zoe or Jello. But Trey Lamar would definitely be – Logan and Trey would fight over who is who. I feel like they're a mixture of both. 
that's amazing. They should just have a match eventually, and and Mouse can referee it, right? Uh, I don't know if my brother would wrestle. He he talks about all the time that he just wants to play video games and get money from Twitch, and he's actually been doing it and making a decent buck. He makes that's, fun of me. That's like a, I probably make more money off of video games and not moving than you do off wrestling. Isn't that crazy though? Like things. I mean, and you're you know you're. <laughs> I think you haven't been around long enough for like to see social media start from the very beginning, but to like, for me, I'm, I'm 30 to see what it started with and to what it is now and how people are making money. I mean, there's just so many different websites and avenues that people can share content of any kind and, you know, make as much or as little money as their little heart desires. I think that concept is really cool. So um, hats off to your little brother for doing that. That's cool. But uh, I, I think that you're on the right track. I definitely think after watching some of your matches, you have picked the right profession. Um, being so young, I'll jump back into wrestling real quick, and then we'll kind of get into some fun questions here. Uh, you just look so confident in the ring. I think a lot of folks who are earlier on in their career, you know, you can see it on their faces that they're thinking about what the next move is or, or what's coming a few moves from now or maybe dwelling on something from prior in the match. You seem so confident. And this is not really a question. I mean, I might make it a question, but one, I just wanted to point that out and give you uh, props for that because, again, for as early as you are in your career, you look really confident. And maybe I'll ask you, where does that confidence come from? I honestly think it was from me doing cheerleading before I did wrestling. Performing was like, what we I did like almost every weekend so it kind of transferred over to wrestling when I got into the ring it was normal this is a performance I should know what I'm doing in my performance even if I mess up you're not going to know it (laughs) right right no I get it that's it's very admirable it's it's very noticeable from a viewer so hats off on that keep doing what you're doing there so we're going to move into some more fun stuff and maybe some of your personality will shine through although it already has I'm going to ask you 20 fun questions. They're all the would-you-rather variety, and uh, just give me your honest answer. So we'll go ahead and get started if you're ready. I'm ready. Awesome. Hey, you're at SpongeBob. I'm ready. Yeah, that's <laughs> the vibes I'm going for. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you're rocking it. I dig it. So uh, would you rather carry a flip phone or only use a desktop computer? Oh, desktop computer. I cannot do the flip phone. Grandma has one, and I've already judged her hard for it. Oh, my gosh. I had a flip phone longer in my life than I've had a smartphone. I'll say that. Um, would you rather <laughs> Would you rather never play video games again or never use your favorite app again? Oh, I cannot stop playing video games. So n- no app. <laughs> would you rather spend a day without your phone or a day with no people? That's an easy one. Actually, I would probably do no phone because I am a very social person. So, like, I would really like want to drop my phone to her a day i feel like it helps reset your mental health and i've done it before yeah and mental health obviously very very important we're a huge advocate of that on canned heat here um so would you rather use only email to communicate or only voice call no text i kind of like voice call though i get really annoying with some people <laughs> so I'd probably do that because I feel like if I sent emails to people, they would ignore me. <laughs> no, I hear you. I think I'm I'm cool with the voice calls. My uh, dad didn't let my brother or sister or I have text messaging until we were like adults. So I remember still like the first text I got, I was like, Dad, this is nothing special. You know, I've been talking to people on the phone for years. So uh, that wouldn't be too hard for <laughs> me, I don't think. Um, would you rather read only ebooks or physical books? 
I'm a very ebook person in general. I get very lazy when I'm like actually with a book in my hand. I get very distracted. I hear my phone go off and I'll just leave the book. But if I have like the book on my phone, I pay a lot more attention. Like I have uh my online library on my phone and they're like, Oh, you can come to the school and pick books up during NTI and I was like, Uh no, I already have it on my phone. I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It's way easier. I, I'm not a paper book person anyway. I think it takes up way too much space in the house. Um would you rather live without a microwave or a toaster? Toaster. I need my microwave for my ramen noodles. Oh, I'm with you. My wife would not. She, she lived in a shared house a long time, and when she moved out so we could get our first place together, I tried to get her to take the toaster, and she wouldn't do it. And we didn't have a toaster for four years until we put it on our registry when we got married, and somebody finally bought us a toaster. And I'm like, now I don't use the damn thing. So, um, <laughs> would you would you rather have no air conditioning or no heating? Oh. Tough one. Tough I'd rather questions have no on this heating, podcast. Honestly, no, no heating. I can snuggle up with Thumper and all of my blankets. That's what I'm saying. I'm a layers guy too. I keep that thermostat in like low 60s for sure. So, um, would you rather charge your phone once a week or not be able to take pictures on your phone? Oh, not be able to take pictures. I don't take pictures. Period. I have a photographer living with me. <laughs> This is true. This is true. And he takes damn fine photos at that. So, uh, a couple more here on the technology front. Would you rather never use a GPS or only be able to drive a stick shift car? Oh, uh, I need a GPS. Like, me and my parents have talked about this. <laughs> I have no idea where I am half the time. <laughs> right. Like, when I say, like, when I talk about the struggles of having to print out MapQuest directions and make notes on them, like, you wouldn't even know the struggle of that. We used to have to print out paper directions. And our parents, of course, had to use maps. And they're like, you damn kids have it so easy. See, Mouse talked to me about that because he talked about, like, when he was younger, he would, like, look at all the interstates and stuff and just draw on maps and, like, figure out places. And I was like, yeah, I cannot do that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, GPS is one thing I could never give up today. So how about this? Would you rather only use Netflix or only use Hulu? Only use Netflix. I don't like ads. You got to go that ad-free life, especially now they got that. I'm about to promote some other company. But now they have that uh, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and uh, Hulu bundle. And you can get it ad-free, like eighteen ninety nine for all three. So you got to get on that ad-free life. That's not fun. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, my only problem with Hulu. I'm like, dang, you guys got the ads. I'm going to head over to Netflix or HBO Max. I've been <sighs> loving HBO Max. You watch Westworld? No, I have not. I've been watching uh, His Dark Materials, which was really good, but I'm waiting for, like, the next episode. I recently got into Titans, and it's so gruesome because, like, Mm -hmm. me growing up, I watched Titans Go, Teen Titans Go, and it was, like, my favorite thing. And then I started this, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. It's not Teen Titans anymore. It's, like, adult Titans. (laughs) Basically. That's what me and my friend were joking about when we were watching it. Yeah. So, well, I've got 10 more questions for you. We're going to move on to the hard stuff. It's all about food. I love food, so it's hard to make decisions. Would you rather eat spicy wings or bite into the coldest ice cream you can imagine? Bite into the coldest ice cream. You're not a spicy person. I am one of those, like, savage people. I would just, ah. (laughs) You just swallow things whole. You don't chew them. (laughs) 
Um, how about this? Would you rather work at Chick-fil-A or the fanciest restaurant in town? Fanciest restaurant in town. I would have a good time at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I love Cheesecake Factory. Mm, don't even get me started about that. <laughs> would you ra- Would you rather be famous for baking or famous for being a barbecue master? Ooh, gotta save the cows, so I'm gonna go with baking. Yeah, no, no, no for sure. Uh, would you rather eat your favorite meal every day for the rest of your life or never eat it again? Ooh. I need variety in my life, so I'm going to have to say never eat it again. No, I, I feel you on that one. That would get that would get tiresome after a while. Um, <laughs> would you, this is a funny one. Would you rather eat – well, you already said this. Would you rather eat steak for a week or ice cream for a week? I'm going to guess you're going to save the cows on that one. See, I'm a big fan of steak, and I get yelled at all the time. I say all of my cows that I eat die of natural causes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, oh my mom God. is like, no, they don't. They murdered a baby cow for this, and I'm like, "Wow!" Oh, that's so funny. Are you are you familiar with the show Friends? I mean, who isn't? Uh, I've never watched it, but like my friends are really into it, so I have like watched clips of it. There's a there's a uh, a portion of it, a concept where Phoebe, one of the characters, gets pregnant, and she's a vegetarian, and she has like meat cravings, and. Uh, Joey, she's, you know, she convinces Joey to give up meat so they balance each other out so she can eat meat while she's pregnant. My wife keeps telling me she's going to do that to me, and I'm like, the hell with that. I love my steak. I could not give it up. <laughs> so I'm with you like on one that. one of the only foods that I am, like, I need it because it's, like, that chewy texture that it just melts in your mouth and it makes me extremely mm. happy. Mm. I just had, like, I just had some, like, vegetarian Indian food before I'm talking to you, but now I'm hungry again <laughs> for a steak. <laughs> Um, w- would you rather eat one dog treat per day plus whatever food you wanted or never eat dog food, but you can only eat cereal for the rest of your life? I would eat a dog treat. Like, I feel like some dog treats are good, though. Like, I feel like they've made them where they're more natural. So I feel like I could get away with eating a dog treat. Tell the truth. You've already done it, haven't you? Me and my brother have tried dog food together. We did, like, <laughs> one piece each. You're savage. I would never try dog food. I've tried a dog biscuit before, but never that dry food. <laughs> savage. So. We thought it was, like, funny because everybody was, like, saying it was edible for people who were, like, oh, you want to try it? And it just was extremely salty for no reason. Oh, that's funny. That's so funny. I'm going to I'm gonna keep that. I might keep that audio and just play it in the intro of the podcast and just say, me and my brother ate dog food. Just over and over again. That's so funny. Um, would you rather do all the grocery shopping for your family or do all the cooking for your family? Ooh. I would do all the cooking because uh, I would have just fun with that, and it would give me something to do. But I feel like if I had to shop for my mom for when she would cook, she would yell at me because I would buy the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to – I don't, I don't know how to help you on that one. You gotta get that Kroger app or something and make a list. I don't know if you got Kroger there, but, uh, I get yelled at for buying the wrong thing all the time, so I feel your pain. <laughs> I can't help myself, so. Uh, would you rather never eat condiments again or have to put them on everything that you ate? Oh, never again. I'll, I'll have dry food. Oh, I can't do the dry food. That, I, that's the first time we're different on this one, I think. Well, except for the spicy wings. I would always, always take condiments, so. I think dry food is is one of my 
is probably my kryptonite. I feel like I'm dying when I'm eating dry food. <laughs> would you uh would you rather be allergic to chocolate or allergic to bread? Allergic to bread. We don't eat make... those carbs. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Um so I got one more question and I think I know your answer to this, but would you rather have all your food be spicy or all of your food be too sweet? Too sweet. I love spicy food, but, like, I'm also a very sugary person. Like, mm-hmm. I like sugar, but I take it in, like, small doses. You like Indian food? I really haven't got to experience much Indian food, if I'm being honest. Well, if you like spicy foods, you got to get Mouse or your mom to take you to try some Indian food. And uh, I think your life will be changed forever. <laughs> So, all right. See what happens. For sure, for sure. Billy, I appreciate you being a good sport. Let me ask you some ridiculous questions, some cool questions. Um, And, yeah, as a token of my appreciation for spending some time with me, I usually like to give my guests as much time as they would like uh, at the end here to promote whatever they've got, whatever they've got going on. Go ahead and promote your social medias. If you got a store, point them towards your store. Anything you want the people to know, the floor is yours, Billy. So all of my social media is Billy Starks, B-I-L-L-I-E-S-T-A-R-K-Z. Um, I try to be fancy with Z at the end, and that confused a lot of people. <laughs> I'm the Big Starks brand that started by my father. Um, all of my merchandise is on Big Cartel, but I also have a Pro Wrestling Tees if you want to go check that out. But, yeah, that's about it for me. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first from Billy Starks. That's about it for her. So, Billy, thank you so much for your time. Um, I I really appreciate it and uh, can't wait to see what 2021 holds for you. Thank you so much. Freshly squeezed. Again, a big thanks and shout out to Billy Starks for a fantastic conversation. I appreciate her time so much. She's a rising star, ladies and gentlemen, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Just gave her a quick shout out as a rising star. If you follow her at all, it's easy to see why. If you don't follow her yet, you're missing out. Go follow her on her social media. She gave you all those details in the interview, so go back and take another listen. If you missed it the first time in five to ten years when she's you know a shooting star across the sky, you're going to want to be the one who said, man, I've been following Billy Starks, you know, since she started essentially. So, uh, I, again, I'm super thankful. She gave me a little bit of her time uh, to discuss some things. I'm sure she's again, going to be blowing up really soon. So as all good things come to an end, that brings us to the end of episode six of the can't heat podcast. There were some messages. I'm going to get back to those next week or the following week. Uh, Lucy Fishwall and I decided that the Billy Starks interview stood very strong on its own. And we just wanted to end you on that note. I wanted to bring you uh, info on a programming change for next week. The first half of the episode is going to be exactly the same. I'm going to be, you know, saying hello to you, like always, giving you my opinions on the week that was in wrestling. Uh, But next weekend, we have the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. It's my favorite pay-per-view. It always has been since I've been a wee lad watching wrestling as a little kid. Um, I love the Royal Rumble. I will be watching it live next Sunday, as always, and I will be hopping right on afterward to give you extended recap and my opinions on what just went down. So instead of an interview next week, I'll be bringing you expanded Royal Rumble coverage. Uh, I may or may not have a guest on still trying to work out the kinks or the details in that to see if I can get them on. Hopefully I can. If not, it would just be me 
that's always okay with me. I know my voice serenades you guys anyway. So as always, the number is 513-580-7273. You can find me at canheatpodcast.com. The link to the Twitter machine is always canheatpod, Instagram, canheatpodcast. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. There's a bunch of algorithms that dictate when these podcasts show up when you're searching wrestling and other things like that. You know, your support obviously means the world to me. So everything that you guys do, I am very, very appreciative of. It helps me, uh, you know, get on the radar for more listeners, which is, of course, what I'm looking for. I love bringing you guys content on a weekly basis, and I hope to do so for a long time. Again, as always, the number is 513-580-7273. Be on the lookout for Episode 7 dropping next week on Monday. We're going to be doing the Royal Rumble Extravaganza recap. As always, have a great week. Peace, love, all that good stuff. See you later. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish you saw what I saw. I wish you felt what I felt. Best we don't get along. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish you saw what I saw. I wish you could go back to what we had, but it's gone. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish you saw what I saw. I wish you felt what I felt. Best.